Welcome, 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 welcome to the Trampoline Hall podcast. I'm your host, Misha Globerman. Trampoline Hall is, as you know, a lecture series that takes place in a bar. It's usually in Toronto, but sometimes in other cities. People give lectures on all kinds of subjects, with the one restriction being that they cannot speak on subjects on which they are professionally expert. And after each lecture, we take questions from the audience. This, of course, is not Trampoline Hall, the show in a bar. This is Trampoline Hall, the podcast. And the way this works is, in every episode, we go through our vast Trampoline Hall archives, and we choose uh, one lecture to podcast to you. Uh, Sometimes they're old, sometimes they're new. Uh, but they are always lectures and they are always for you. Uh, the show, as you also may know, is done in little short seasons. We are just starting a new uh, short season. That means we're going to have six episodes once a week. Uh, six episodes once a week. Then you get to wait for many, many, many weeks and then we bring you more. Uh, uh, for this season, Kate Bars looked all our archives and chose these six lectures for you. By the way, if you like this and you're in Toronto, you should come see the show. Join our email list, find out about it. But for now, now is the time to get to this episode's lecture. You are probably asking yourself does it contain mature language yes it might it might contain mature language and here it is this episode's lecture the title is my dad is cooler than me and the speaker is kian cruz good evening ladies and gentlemen i'm here to share some unfortunate news It's a rather straightforward admission, but a difficult one nonetheless. My dad is cooler than me. This is an uncomfortable truth to parade in front of a room full of strangers. What's more, it seems downright unnatural. Cool is supposed to be the provenance of the young and the virile. Instead, I'm living proof that cool can become stuck and refuse to blossom in a new generation, regardless of how fertile the soil. Picture a guy who looks like me. Only he's taller, filled out, has long flowing hair, smokes, wears a leather jacket, and plays the guitar. That's my dad. The thing is, despite being, well, my dad, he pulls this look off. For example, one time he was having a smoke outside my house, just chilling, contemplating the CN Tower. When he was out there, a friend of mine, who is an extremely attractive young woman, rang my doorbell. While she was taking off her coat, she asked me, with that certain tone I'm sure you'd recognize in a woman whose interest is piqued, who's that dude out there? (laughs) That dude was my dad. I think he pulls it off because he exudes the classic cool affect, self-assured and composed with just a tinge of passive rebellion. One cultural root of this deeper, radiant idea of cool comes from the movies in the early 20th century. You see, In the 1920s, movies were getting kind of racy. Uptight America saw Hollywood as a morass of immorality. To stop litigation, movie producers established a model of self-censorship called the Hayes Production Code, which condemned any obscene word, thought, or deed as an offense against the American people. What this meant was that artistic filmmakers had to internalize this code in order to not distort the kind of stories they were trying to tell. This resulted in a kind of character who not only didn't swear, but who barely spoke at all. Instead of expression through action, these conditions sculpted a character who was equally expressive through passivity. Their stoicism invoked a set of values and a rebellious judgment against the status quo. Thus, cool was born. That's my dad. That's the flesh I came from. 
But in direct comparison, I wear cardigans and sweater vests. I don't listen to music, and I barely drink. I act like a 60-year-old man in a young man's body. I rarely cavort or engage in skullduggery. Most of my dad's friends are in jail. Or dead. Before I came along, that was the kind of crew he ran with. He used to drive a motorcycle and a 67 Camaro convertible. He got rid of the first because, as a baby, I cried every time he started it up. He sold the latter because one day, when I was four, he asked me if I ever want the car, and I, apparently out of my mind, scoffed at the idea. I don't have a rebellious streak in me, and I have the hardest time being aloof or inverting my energy so that I appear detached, calm, or any of the other stereotypical earmarks of cool. Instead, I'm enthusiastic and corny, focused and excitable, usually sincere and definitely gushing with an intense love for things. I don't, just, I don't wear my heart on my sleeve, I rip it out and slam it on the table. An advocate of spiritual harakiri, I just let myself flow out all over, dumping steaming buckets of churn, regardless of the relevance and without any awareness of subtle social dynamics. I'm not saying I'm autistic, but I've been accused of it. I've argued with rooms full of people over the worth of Moby Dick. I put my foot in my mouth at work constantly and I just don't know how to let things go once I start thinking and caring about them. The Japanese have a word for this kind of relentless exuberance, genki. The fact that I know that is definitely not cool. <laughs> so how does the apple fall so far from the tree? History gives us a few clues. Growing up, my dad was in a very different situation than me. His father was a military man with a haircut you could set your watch to. My grandfather also believed that if you spared the rod, you spoiled the child. To cap it off, my dad spent his formative years in Germany amongst a band of outcast Canadian army brats getting into fights with gypsy kids and Germans in equal measure. His best friend at the time was a guy named Blaze Robinson. <laughs> in this context, violence was endemic. Emotional violence, physical violence, and social violence to be an individual, to stand out from the pack, meant that you were cut off from your only support system, the gang. Being different wasn't an option. You had to be cool or perish. So my father became cool as a kind of defense mechanism. It became an inextricable part of his identity. By comparison, my childhood allowed a surprising amount of zany leeway. Abhorring the violence of their youth, my parents cultivated a relatively utopic situation for me to grow up in. Even at a young age, they treated me like a person instead of a dog. We lived up in the woods, so the only place where I faced the judging eyes of society was at school. And the school itself, oddly enough, was an enclave virtually cut off from the toxic elements of culture. I was insanely lucky. My eccentricities may be mild, but they were allowed to flourish. Nowhere did I receive damaging negative feedback for being a precocious, odd little bastard. Having received almost zero social criticism for any visible peculiarities until grade seven, when my school merged with the local military school, <laughs> left me soft and ripe for the picking. By then it was too late. My nascent identity was entrenched in the opposite of cool. 
Going from one social extreme to the other during my formative adolescent years left me in a bitter bind. On the one hand, I drew great personal strength and conviction from my more gregarious tendencies. On the other hand, dudes were throwing basketballs at my head. <laughs> These harsh binary conditions reinforced my natural indecisiveness and culminated in an insecure, self-doubting kid with an utter lack of confidence in my abilities. For the longest time, being in a social situation demanded maintaining rigid control over top of two competing instincts, the hunger to contribute and the terror of rejection. This meant that when I was around people, my mind would be racing, establishing a cascading network of possible things to say in a knotted flurry of words. That flurry grew to be my natural state, and suddenly I found myself described with words like enthusiastic or energetic. Binding my identity to these traits and finding pride within them meant that I had to accept the consequences. I'm not relaxed. I don't seem self-assured. I'm not aloof or laid back in the cut. In short, I'm not cool. In retrospect, it almost seems obvious, doesn't it? The thing is, this fact completely blindsided me. Recently, I started thinking about cool because my girlfriend notified me that I wasn't. She said it so off the cuff and perfunctorily, you could almost imagine a wave of her hand dismissing any doubt. Of course Kian's not cool, it's so obvious. But the thing is, I had no idea. And it hurt. She wasn't doing so maliciously, she was simply referencing the stoic attitude that I don't have. But still, it was a shock. Despite everything I've described thus far, nobody had ever told me that I wasn't cool before. I lived under the comfortable illusion that I was cool anyway, that I had flow. <laughs> then I recognized the unbridled coolness of my father, and I realized I wasn't living up to his legacy. The funny thing is, I know my dad has some of the same insecurities I do. He's a sensitive man. I've seen him wrestle with him in times of duress, but even that struggle doesn't seem dire for him. Somehow he's still more or less in control, whereas I feel almost constantly like a total spaz. <laughs> What's more, and this is a real spinner, my dad likes a lot of uncool things. I grew up reading his hand-me-down fantasy and science fiction novels. He used to take me to arcades when I was too young to even play the games by myself. He'd stand over top of me and control the joystick while I mashed the thick plastic buttons in childish glee. My aesthetic was formed, in part, through an osmosis of his own uncool tendencies. But they never brought him down. He was still, first and foremost, a cool guy. He navigated this territory with great aplomb. He managed to juggle the seeming contradictions in his soul while maintaining an utterly unified persona. And he made it look good. I find myself second-guessing nearly every decision or idea in my head, undermining my own emotional and philosophical commitment to pretty much everything, carrying around a pile of contradictory ambitions and dreams. I run in a hundred directions at once, get nothing done, because I can't hear what my heart is telling me, or I don't believe it. None of this gels into the harmonious whole the way my father effortlessly puts down his chainsaw or his guitar and picks up a dog-eared fantasy paperback. I don't trust my own taste. I'm not comfortable with all of myself, and therefore I can't harmonize. Compared to him, I feel fractured. Yet, I recognize it's because I have a privileged glimpse into my own interior emotional world. I can neither see nor feel my father's doubts, 
whereas my own loom large and dominate the landscape of my life. The bottom line is that he can, for whatever reason, maintain a frosty and mysterious demeanor. On the other hand, I feel, almost constantly, like a transparent pane of human glass, ready to shatter at a moment's notice. I was actually on the phone with my dad over the weekend. I, I promised myself that I wasn't going to tell him what this speech was about. <laughs> because then it'd be kind of like asking for his tacit approval. Holding back was rough. In so many ways, whenever I'm around him, I'm still that little kid who doesn't know how to hold the chainsaw properly. In the end, I cracked. He asked me how the speech was coming, and I told him it was titled, My Dad is Cooler Than Me. He laughed for a solid 30 seconds. Then, catching his breath, he said, I don't know if that's true, Kian. Thank you. Kian Cruz, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Campaign High Podcast. I'm Misha Goldman. Up next, the Q&A. Hi, this is Kara Swisher, and I want to talk to you about my new podcast for The New York Times called Sway. If you want to know what people who hold power in our world are really all about, you need to hear how they answer the tough questions. And that is my specialty. And although it might get messy, as it always does, it's also going to be really fun. You can get Sway wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are available Mondays and Thursdays. Are there any questions? Oh, yes, you all the way in the back. Yes, ma'am. I have two-part questions. Damn you to hell. Those, those don't exist. <laughs> That's a great one. Does cool evolve is the question. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Um, I need a follow-up. Like, like, do you mean can cool... Okay, okay. Yes, oh, no, wait, yes cool evolves. The end. Is there clarifying that you want to add to that? Right, so what's a contemporary example of cool who is not your father that you would... Well, I think that the same, like, basic affect that he, uh, that radiates out of him, right. other people have these days. It's, it's not something that just arose out of that violence. It's something that I think some people just have naturally, and then other people try to graft that onto their personalities in order to seem like they have that affect. And when you say other people, are you thinking of anyone in specific, or are you like, you don't know about that because that's in popular culture and you're bookish? Yeah, basically, yeah. Okay, all yeah, right. Yeah. So, so you don't have specific examples? No, it's a very called? vague... Murder. All right, you just yeah. have a sentence out there, you're like, turn on the TV. Well, yeah, because we still use the word constantly, and it, and right. it still makes sense to us. Right. And we want to say... And, and so there's like one level of, like, cool is just, I accept that. And like, so it's right. like, cool means good. And then there's a sort of like slightly deeper level of like, yeah, leather jackets and smoking and guitars right, like, is still pretty cool. Um, and then like the very, the deepest level of that, which I think is unchanging, is the affect of kind of rebellious, but pa somehow passively rebellious. Right, okay, so that, so that, that, that bottom is thing is like, unchanging. Still yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah. It's still okay, it's still okay to be like rebellious and like, and, 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 and yeah, surface. like, I mean, does anybody here not think that Ryan Gosling in Drive is cool? Like, he's totally cool. That's an example. And that he's just example. standing there. <laughs> I don't see anyone disagreeing. 
Who would, who would dare? Who would dare? So there you go. It does. So it does, I guess, evolve. It evolves from uh, sort of rock and roll to Ryan Gosling. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, yes, yes, you know, yeah. Is there a gendered nature to being cool? Is there a gendered nature to being cool? Ask someone who seems to be a woman. Are you a woman? It seems to be. Is, can women be cool? Is, that, I, I'm, is there a gender component? I don't know. <laughs> I think that, there's. I think there's. I think there's cool women too. A lot of women. A lot of. A lot of women who may. Or no, I just. Cool I'm not. A, I'm not like a guy who knows. I don't know about cool. I'm not like a coolologist. I just. My dad's pretty cool. And it makes me feel bad. That's what the speech is about. <laughs> but I think it's good. I think you're narrowing what the, what the expertise is. So this is. If you have general questions about coolness... I'm not going to be able to answer those. He has pretty much established he is exactly the wrong person to answer your general questions about coolness. If you have specific questions about being less cool than one's dad, then he is bang on. He's your guy. Uh, yes, you ma'am. Um, I'm just wondering, because you said that, uh, that you're not particularly interested in music or that you don't like music. Did your dad ever try to introduce you to Oh, my music? God. Did your dad try to get you to like music? Oh, my God. No, my, my dad tried, like, nonstop. He bought me a guitar when I was three... He taught me how to play like a Joe Walsh song, and I was like, "That's enough." <laughs> and I haven't looked back. I hate—I I don't hate music. It's just I don't—it it does nothing for me. Really? Are you like, you're like I don't know. I think there was never a time in your life when you were like. Well, I can like when like, I sit back with a little Bach and like. Maybe no, no. Poetry, like I studied it in, in university because I was so consumed with like, what's my problem? Why don't I like music? Right. And then that just opened up a world of more questions. What did you say? Say you studied it. Like, did you take like a like a straight like like no one was like Gregorian chant like all the way up to the 20th century like survey courses. So you've really established you don't like music. Like you look yeah. at all music. Well, and none of it well, not does all, anything for I'm you. sure there's some out there I haven't heard, but but pretty but that's pretty good. If you, <laughs> you took a whole course and you're like yeah no 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 basically yeah no, that was no. the whole class. Yeah, it was wow, terrible. That's amazing. That's a, that's a, yeah no you're yeah that's. It. That's not very cool. Um, yes, yes, you, sir, yes. Why is science fiction not cool? Why is science fiction not cool? You ask someone, ask someone accusingly. Yeah, you look like a science fiction reader, man. Like, <laughs> because it's too, it's too enthusiastic, and it promotes a kind of enthusiasm which itself isn't cool because it's not detached. You love this thing, it, it takes you over, or maybe not necessarily to that extent, but it can promote that. And so, therefore, I think that it's, it may be awesome, but not cool. Right. So there you go. Okay, so there, that's, that's why. Uh, yes, you, ma'am, yes. Uh, um, by your logic, why isn't, you're, you're not conforming to cool. You don't, you don't let that get you down. Isn't that oh, no, it gets me down all the time. <laughs> yeah, didn't you hear the people so being like... your clever patch 22 trap that you were laying. <laughs> I see where you were going, but... No, so wait, what were you going to say? Let's, let's see if we can get sorry, it. Sorry, yeah. Sorry for interrupting. You were like, so you, were, wait, wait, you were saying, so he's, he's okay with not being cool. You're, just, you're still not conforming to what society is telling us you should be. Isn't that cool? So then this lady, who I, who I feel it's important to say, took off her glasses to ask this question. <laughs> I somehow feel like that's an important detail. <laughs> Wanted to say, isn't there, isn't there something that's in some way sort of cool about not conforming to society's expectation of cool. Is there, is there something in that? I don't know. I think we lock a lot of people up in, uh, like, psych like wards and stuff for people who just, like, think they're cool and are totally doing things their own way and aren't listening to anybody. It's, it, se it seems like... Wait, who was ever locked up in a psych ward for thinking they were cool? Okay, well, mate, look, I'm, I'm, okay, like, I'm fairly certain that... Oh, man. 
I'm, dr- I'm drawing a blank here, but like Manson probably thinks he's pretty cool. Charles Manson does think he's cool. That's yeah. Cool. All right. No, that's fair. So wait, but how does that... That's a, that's a very good insight that in no way answers the question. <laughs> well, no, because you can't... You can't I don't think that you can... Okay, no man is an island. That's basically the answer, right? The only way that we can judge ourselves is through the interactions that we have with other people in a social situation. So, so you're saying, so what, what you're saying that like if other people, you're saying that, are you suggesting that other people don't find you cool? You well, mean, no, like or? it seems like the question is like, can you have a personal definition of cool and live to that, right. and is that cool? And I'm like, no, your personal definition, that's just you and alone right. in a room. Right, right. right. I understand what you're saying. Right. If you're cool, like if you're saying like, oh, cool is on the inside, you're like, no, no, that's bullshit. Cool is what <laughs> other people think of you. Probably, if yeah. If you're the only person who knows you're cool, you're Milhouse. You're Milhouse. If you're in that situation, you're Milhouse or Manson. Yeah. It's a really strange club. <laughs> it's a very specific club of Charles Manson and Milhouse from The Simpsons. Uh, but I see what you mean, right? You have some people have to think they're cool to be cool. Okay, that seems that seems fair. I'm, I'll, I'll accept that. Um, yes, you, sir. Do you actually really want to be cool in your heart? Do you? Now here's the question. I think this is there's some controversy. Do you really want to be cool in your heart? I just, I don't know what it's like. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of things that I don't know what they're like, but I can imagine that I would want, I mean, want them. That's what wanting is. I I've always thought you were really cool. He thinks you're very cool. Thanks. People say, ah. Now, I don't know, but, but whether that has weight depends on whether you think that guy is cool, which you may or may not. <laughs> now we'll have to, like, do a sort of chain of... Uh, but maybe so that's what you do. You have, is that true? You know, so you know, you know, Kian, and you specifically think like okay, if you were like. I don't know. I don't know Kian that well. I feel like no. I'm in a great position to judge this because no. I've been this casual acquaintance for like four or five years. So you know him around, kind of. I, I, I know he rock climbs. He rock climbs. His biceps look amazing. He has good biceps. <laughs> he has a really impressive bookshelf. He has a kind of bookshelf where it's like it doesn't actually seem like you read all of those, but you talk a really good game. Impressive bookshelf, <laughs> like like that's good. That's good. To me, to me it's not impressive. Cool. To me, it's not cool to talk about all the smart things you read, but if you just go over to somebody's house and they have all of these really smart-seeming books and you've never heard about that, they're just quietly a genius. So he has smart... Okay, so, so he's, he rock climbs, yeah. he has strong biceps, and then he has an impressive collection of books about which he doesn't talk too much. I would say that one thing I want to point out is that, like, of those three, I think one of them is maybe a definition of cool that's like a particularly trampoline hall crowd. Definitely. Like, I think about that a lot. Like, when you talk about coolness, I was thinking about our audience, and I was like, like, I don't think there's a lot of bikers here normally. Like, I don't think that that. So I don't know if, I don't know. I guess I'm just trying to figure that out for ourselves. But you think he's cool? Yeah. And you've thought, if like, if you had to think of a list of people who are cool, you'd be like, yeah, Kian. Yeah. And also, Kian seems really cool. Has always seemed really cool with hanging out with people who don't rock climb and read Hegel. Like, he has a really <laughs> focused, interested life, but he doesn't really put that on you. He's, he's not fine he's, with hanging out with his dad. or you He know, can hang out with people not like himself. Yeah, sure. How, that, do, you, how do you respond just, to all that? Doesn't that just mean that somebody's, like, socialized a little? <laughs> and I guess... But I guess, like, the de- the, like my, my deeper... Uh, rebuttal would be that that's still the only the first two levels of cool right, right? like that's the super like yeah, that's yeah. still the superficial level of cool that's which is the second one i guess down i'm totally cool with saying that that one is relative to a social dynamic but then when you get down to that like the deepest level of like, what's really cool <laughs> like but then the, the punchline of your lecture is that your dad has doubts as well yes. you know, maybe no cool person is actually cool deep inside Maybe it is this like terrible flurry, and then that would mean it's not very cool to be cool. 
Whoa. I feel we're really getting somewhere. Okay, but so, I so, feel like you're acting like I planted you in the audience to help bring out the thesis that I didn't quite do. That would, be, that would be actually the least cool thing to do imaginable. <laughs> to say like, and then, and then at the end, you tell them that I really am cool. <laughs> I think that, that's so uncool. It actually makes me uncomfortable but to even think about it. But is that more Milhouse or more Manson? <laughs> that's, that's actually where Milhouse and Manson come together. <laughs> Okay, but no, so I think that's right, and I think they, I think that you're right, and I think it's worth. I like that that three level thing. So like the top level is just cool, just meaning okay. Yeah. And the middle level is cool, meaning specifically like guitars and rock and roll and tattoos. Well, which is relative to right, a social which, dynamic. Which changes yeah, yeah. and that changes the time. But then there's the bottom one where it's just like the rebel who does like the introverted, in, in, inward focused rebel. And yeah. That's like which the, is what everyone seems to be striving for, but who knows if anyone actually gets there. Okay. All right. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, let's come back to that. So, so, so there's some question as to whether or not you're cool. Um, some people think maybe you are, and therefore a, a fraud. Uh, uh, I, I'm gonna go. To, I'm gonna go to you, ma'am. Yes. Okay. Uh, free sex code, free rebel without a cause. What's cool? Is it just? Sure. I put that in quotes. Yeah. Define a cool person in like the middle age. What's a cool person before <laughs> before the Hayes Code? Specifically, do you get them specifically the Middle Ages, or you can take anywhere before? If Anywhere go, I, before I have, I have an answer pre Hayes code, but not an answer for the Middle Ages. Okay, let's take it one at a time. Man. Okay, so pre Hayes code, I would say that like slaves had to be cool because they had to embody passive rebellion, like because they couldn't fight back. The whole system was crushing them to pieces, so they had to just stand there and take it. And I feel like that's maybe uh, the root of cool. Right. So who knows if it existed in the Middle Ages? Because I just heard minds actually get blown. I saw, I heard, I heard the the mind stuff coming out of people's minds. Okay. Medieval times, probably kings, like because kings were awesome. Right. So people had so right. So the king is right. So people had to like the king. That lady thinks that's not cool. J jesters, maybe. I don't know. Like my knowledge of. Middle Ages is pretty rough. <laughs> Those are the only two kinds of people you know. Yeah. You're like, it's either King's Jesters or, or, or Knights, right? Or, or serfs. Knights, right? Wait, not serfs. Not serfs no. were not cool. Yeah. <laughs> Lancelot. Sir Lancelot? Sir Lancelot specifically, someone says? No, no, Sir Lancelot was totally awesome. He wasn't cool. He, he loved shit way too much. He was all like gung-ho and stuff. Yeah. No, he's chill. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go up to the back. Yes, yeah, you in the back there, sir. Yes. Who's that? What? Chaucer? You think Chaucer is cool? At the, at the time, he would be cool. Not now. Now he'd be he'd be a dork. But at the time, you think he'd be considered cool? All right, thank you. Not so much a question, but it's always good to throw out Chaucer as a possible answer. We appreciate it. We do appreciate it. Anything else? Any other questions? Oh yes. All right, you, ma'am. Yes. Right, is it maybe he seems cool because he's older and, and uh, may I add, created you? Like, that can also get, make someone seem more powerful. Like, like, you know. I don't know. Like, I know a lot of old people who aren't cool. Sorry? They're not all So everybody thinks their dad is cool. Maybe. I don't know. We'd have to, we'd have yeah, to make a poll. Actually, I, if, if I, not to say too much, but Lauren, your dad is a, a bit of a rebel who plays the guitar. Is that true? Do you think he's cool? Okay. So I think that provides more proof that Kian's dad probably is cool. But it's not just those facts. I don't know why I think that proves that actually. It makes no <laughs> sense at all. But do you think do you what, what do you think that there's like a danger that if someone's older that they can I just want to say my stepdad also is like a rebel who plays the guitar and I do think he's cool. Okay. So I don't think I, that either of those traits are qualifying, but or like I read dadness or rebelliousness or guitar 
So maybe he's not cool, maybe he's just tired? That might be enough, I don't know. Do you think when he was your age, he was like all enthusiastic and now he's just kind of gotten like worn down? No. People are saying no. Do you, do you know it? Do you know? It's that's my the, that's my oh, he's your father too. <laughs> Why, that makes you his sister. That makes you his sister. Okay, all right. So, so, so you think, you, I just asked your sister. Yes, sir. He, okay, I guess the thing is I would say is there's a classic picture of my father in his senior year of high school and it's literally a picture of the principal standing with his arms crossed looking at my father like he's a piece of dirt and my dad standing there with like a cigarette in his hand looking bored. <laughs> Do people hear that in the back? That her, her, dad, her dad in his own high school yearbook is depicted looking rebellious and smoking next to an, a distraught high school principal. That is the picture they ran of him in his yearbook. So that's... That's power. That's a powerful image. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, all right. Yes. Yes. So. 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 Okay. Yes, you, sir. Yes. Um, were your grandparents cool? Were your grandparents cool? Well, you talked about your dad's dad. I think like. Hmm. That's harder to. That's harder to gauge. <laughs> your sister's much quicker. Yeah. On she. Response. Well. She's yeah. Like, no. She's like that. Um. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. They had elements of it, but they didn't. They didn't reach it. Like they didn't reach the limits of, of what they could have. <laughs> That's like a polite version of stuff. No. That they were, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me ask you a couple questions with regards to some of the grandfather stuff and just some other stuff that's in my head, which is that part. I just want to toss these things out, and, and I suspect you have good answers to them. But one uh -oh. thing that I think is that one, one, when I think about the elements of cool, I think you got some of them. Like there's like that affect, you know, and like the rebel. But part of it to me is like sort of stereotypically, it's also like being different from your dad. Like, specifically, seems like a component of cool, right? Like, your dad, it's easy to be cool when your father is, like, an authoritarian military dude. Yeah. Then it's easy for you to, like, rebel and become, like, this badass rock and roller or whatever. But, like, if your dad's a badass rock and roller, then if you were to be that, then you'd also sort of be, like, a, a you know, someone who tries to be like their dad, which is yeah. some, maybe not so cool. Is that, do you think that's right, or am I... I think, that, no, I definitely think that there's an element of that, of that narrative which plays into things. Um, and I think that that kind of maybe is one of the problem, maybe like I, I hope to point to in the speech like a bit of problem for me where it's like you almost need something to push against in order to be cool in, in right. terms of the rebelliousness. And I just had nothing to push against. They were like, be yourself, that's fine. Like my parents were cool, so they were cool with having a weird kid. Right. Right, and then I guess I guess the broader thing that I think about then is that is that if being cool means having something to push against, I wonder if partly it's like, oh, it's a better world that allows you to not be cool. Yes. Like, like when you talk about like when you talk about like the environment that creates cool, like the environments that you named which create cool are like the Hayes Code, which was crappy, mm -hmm. and slavery, which was worse than the Hayes Code. Totally. Yeah. And those were like the environments that created coolness. And and maybe maybe part of it is like I wonder if part of it is that you live in like a, a fortunate time or just environment for you where like you can't. Like you don't have to mask your enthusiasm, and maybe that's just like better. Does that does that seem like there's something in that? Well, I think on the one hand, yes, it's it's much better to not live under a social tyranny. <laughs> but on the other hand, when someone tells you you're not cool, it's, it hurts. It sucks. It's like, sure, and, and you kind of have like, to agree with them because you're like, like, oh yeah. Like if someone said to me like, oh man, Misha, like you're not so good at uh, being in prison fights, like I'd be like. Yeah, I'd rather, I guess, be good at being in prison fights, but I'm mostly happy that I didn't grow up in prison, so I became good at prison fights. Right, and I wonder right. if you think, like, cool is maybe a similar kind of thing, where on the whole, okay. it's like, you know... Yeah, I, think, I don't think it's just growing up in social tyranny, because there are plenty of people who are cool in both affect and, uh, like, the deeper demeanor. 
who didn't have to deal with those kinds of problems from a father figure or from a, a larger Society social figure. Yeah, like there's there's a few guys I know who are incredibly chill and they just they just ooze like like fluid. And <laughs> their dads weren't military dudes who beat them. <laughs> okay, so you're, so you're gonna stand by. You're like cool. It's still it's still a value. It's still a nece- it's still necessary. Yeah. And it's still that ro- that like thing that underlying thing. Like the fashions might change. Or at the very least, but, it's a component of maybe like a wider tapestry right. of cool. Okay. Because I feel a few people have tried to challenge that, but you have you have stood your ground in a way that's almost almost cool. Um, yes, 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 yeah. So you talked about your school, and you think if you had gone to a different school where people had called you out much earlier on your uncoolness, you would have been cooler. If you if you went to a school where people were more bullish, would that have made well, you cool? Well, I might have just been crushed faster. Right, hard to know. Hard to know. Yes. Are, are you have kids? Who, ma'am, are you asking because you have children who you're hoping will grow up cool, and you want to know what sort of school to send them to, or? I grew up really. I was. You went to a school where you were called out for being uncool. Your, your friend, is she uncool? Is that true? Is she uncool? Okay, you weren't that. Okay, but so you're uncool. Okay, it's fair. Okay, yeah. Uh, so it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not guaranteed. Yes, you, sir. Can you can you lose your cool factor? Can you lose your cool factor? Could you be cool younger and then? Can you be cool when you're young and oh, then become absolutely. less cool? I I I I bet. Like I wouldn't know. I didn't have it to begin with. What would it be that, that they lose? Like for example, I was thinking like my dad. I feel was. cool. Your dad was cool. But now, not so much. Now, not cool. <laughs> and what's your question? Do you want to make your dad cool again? <laughs> you want to know what happened? Why isn't your dad cool too? Yeah. Like, why, what? <laughs> but if it's a deeper thing, then how would you lose it? How could you lose that? Maybe you're, yeah. Maybe he only had the first two kinds. I don't know. Or maybe cool is a constant struggle. And sometimes you can lose. Those are both very wise options. Uh, you, sir. Yes, you, sir. I'd just like to add on to that. Maybe there's a diminishing return on how cool you are. So maybe it just naturally goes down? How cool you are goes down over because time? Because you're so used to it. Because you're used to it? You're used to your dad being cool, right? So eventually... Oh, so for that guy, he's used to his dad being cool, so yeah. the cool runs, rubs off. Yeah. But then he's used to his dad being cool. Because his dad's off. really cool. Because his dad's really cool. Do you know his dad, too? Yeah. Is his dad really cool? He's all these okay I have to say <laughs> I have to say my whole understanding of the lecture actually just changed because because up until now I'll, I'll be frank with you I sort of understood the lecture a little bit it's like oh it's about a guy who thinks his dad is cool right yeah and I was like that's a kind of person but I've, it's like oh no it's about a guy whose dad really actually is like everybody's like oh his dad's really 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 cool so having that confirmed really changes things so I just wanted to those people in the front look very trustworthy to me <laughs> I want to say and they, they look like they are people who know whether an old guy is cool or not and they're 100% this guy's cool uh, yes yes can, can you bring your father can you bring your father to the next trampoline hall? Not so much, not so much a question as a, 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 not a, but not a date either. So just a request? A request. Could you bring him to the next trampoline hall? Probably not. He's got his own thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think, I think, I think having, having all, all of us been snubbed by your dad <laughs> seems like a good moment to wrap it up. So let's, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Kian Cruz, ladies and gentlemen. Trampling Hall was created in Toronto in the 21st century by Sheila Hetty and is hosted by me. This episode's lecture was chosen by Naomi Squarna. The podcast is produced by Josh Block. 
Our theme music was composed by Matt Smith. Our coordinating producer is Kate Bars. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Twitter or Facebook. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can really help us out by leaving a rating or review on iTunes. It helps a lot. I'm Misha Globerman. Thanks for listening. Thank you.